is, uh, oh, no, this is Kathy. This is Kathy. <laughs> oh, one more time. One more time. I'm. I love it. Wait, I'm Brian. I'm Kathy. And welcome to Reality Issues. And this is episode uh, four. I have, well, it's technically our fifth episode, but this is episode four. And um, I, I have, we ha- we together have compiled a list that um, we'll definitely make sure that uh, there can't be any, th- there's no way we can run out of things to discuss in this episode. That's all it, I'm going to say. It's, and it's allegedly to kind of keep us like on, on, on agenda, <laughs> yes. on track, because we <laughs> tend to, uh, yeah. I guess the word is, uh, you know, go on tangents. But, you know, that yeah. that's, 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 I kind of feel like that's the name of the game. Of and this I think whole that thing. we're actually good at it. I think that we're good at reining it in. Eventually, we get, we, we bring the time. Uh, the alternate timeline back to originally where we came from. So, yeah, I think it always circles back. It always oh, circles back. Hopefully. Um, so uh, today we made a great, great list, but I don't know. Do you want to kick us off with kind of like what you're, uh, what you've been watching just because I think you've, I think watched one of the things we've been talking, we said that we were going to get to like with the, um, the last thing we just yeah. talked about the show. Yeah. Yeah, so like uh I just finished watching uh the uh the um uh Hugh Hefner documentary. I guess it's like an autobiographical type of a thing cuz he narrates it. It's oh. called um, So it's called American Playboy. Okay. Um and it's on Prime, which is where I found it. Right. It's probably not the only place it's on, right? I think it might be a Prime exclusive. I don't know how that shit works. Um but it's like it's like 10 hours it's like 10 episodes wow and it takes us from like the beginning of like oh i'm hugh hefner and i was just a guy and i was a guy with an idea and that idea was titties you know like like, i mean it wasn't it was a novel idea at the time it was like we had all this print but there was no industry yeah and people didn't even know how to spell titty. Like oh, it was just yeah. very dark times. Was... Yeah, it was dark times indeed. <laughs> and um, no, so like like in in I guess typical uh, publisher fashion, the story started innocently enough when he was like on his like college newspaper or some shit. Um, yeah anyway it's like 10 hours long it's like 10 episodes and uh what i thought was really cool is that he narrates it um wow so like he'll be like (laughs) record scratch yep that's me you know like um so the the only reason i I was just i didn't mean to interrupt you or anything but the the reason i'm I'm, i would just the reason I hesitated there for a second is because I did a quick search and I found out that we were both right. There is two different programs that came out at the exact same time about Hugh Hefner. One's called okay. The Secrets of Playboy, which came out in A&E. That's streaming on Hulu. And then also this one is also streaming where you said on Prime. So there's actually two simultaneous oh, got ones. You. One's like a docu-series and one's like a dramatization, I guess. Okay. So double it up at the same exact yeah. moment in time. So funny. Yeah. No, I'm, I like I just added it to the list. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if our viewers could hear me <laughs> typing. Um, it wasn't the typing simulacrum. I don't. I don't know. Uh, so I was upset this week because I had to. Uh, I had to set up my like internet 
Yeah. There's been like this thing, right? Like I'm moving. So like all the things. Anyway, it's all set up now. Right. But like now you just like, you know, like you just go pick up the box and like, you know, it used to be like, oh, they used to have to send somebody out because like nobody knew how to like, yeah. you know, like plug one thing into another <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. It's mystifying for sure. Yeah. And now there's just like, here's your shit. Get the fuck yeah, out. Figure you know? it out. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i got one of those right okay and uh so uh so i bring it home and i'm like setting up my internet but like you have to like so once you plug it in you have to like either download an app or you have to like call right. like an automatic number and then you're like what's your account number and then but like there's so like it's but it's like a robot voice and the robot voice, like when it w- when it was like, "What's your account number?" and I, you know, I put in like, you know, my account number, and the robot is like, "Give me just a moment while I look up your account," and you can hear it typing. Oh, but like it's not typing. Like you know, it's not typing, but you can hear like typing oh, noises. They're like simulating typing. Yeah, that because it's like a robot very, that's like looking me up or whatever. Creepy. But it's I don't. It's like very that. weird. Yeah, wow. I don't like it at all. Not one bit. Whoever developed they could have just put in some music. Yes, exactly. Yeah. which would have uh, been much less odd. They you know, made it- like even just a, like you, I, I think I would have been less offended if it had gone back to the like Comcast cares about you, you know, to report outages, <laughs> dial, you know. At least they don't. Have- like, like if it had done that, like. Have you checked out Hulu on Comcast? You know, like if they had done that shit, I would have been more okay. I was like, yeah, an ad. Okay, got it. Right. But like the fake typing, I don't know. It I just, I, like, I didn't like it. Anyway, yeah, I feel like I just had a flashback from like having previous conversations with them on the phone. That uh, was a startlingly real presentation of what it feels Sorry, like to be bombarded you. by their bundlings. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, as long as I have you on the line, would you like to upgrade uh, your speed? I see that you are currently signed up for 30 uh, megabytes or whatever yes. the fuck it is. I, I, don't I need know, the whatever. internet that's faster than my wireless, so I can't even use it properly. Yeah, <laughs> so right. That's yeah. what I need. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. I was typing. I was typing notes, but that was real night, real notes, real typing, real keyboard. Swear to God. Cool. Dark. Well, yeah. Back into anyway, the, the so yeah, Hugh Hefner. Yes, Hugh <laughs> yeah. Hefner. So please tell me about Speaking uh, of non-mechanical things, please. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah, what was what was his life like? What did you learn? Um, what did you learn? So I, I took some notes while I was watching. Oh, cool. To, you know, yeah, to, to kind of help me remember. Um, so I really like that he started life as like a, he, he was like on the college paper. Mm-hmm. And he had basically been like a horny guy in college, right? So he was basically Mark Zuckerberg, right? So like, okay. it, like in his college paper, he had done this this column called like Coed of the Month, okay, oh, right? Okay. And That's, it was like totally wholesome, he had right? The but it oh, was okay. like, yeah, he already had the name down though. Yes, exactly, yeah. right? Of so Coed of the Month is like, oh, check out, you know, lady who is here, like, and she's cool and studying. English in the department, whatever, right? Like, and that starts the fixation on also the like the term like coed as well. It uh-huh. kind of starts like right right at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, it starts to. I mean, you can start <laughs> to see where all of this like sexualization for the American graffiti generation really starts to come in, right? Like, because it's like, oh, a chick who can like you know hold a pencil, you know, or whatever. <laughs> oh my god. 
Yes. Yep. Yes. Continue. I mean, really? Oh, yeah. ooh, like she can actually type. She took a typing class. So she's not just doing sim- simulated typing. She's, she's qual- doing some real typing. Qualifications. Real qualifications. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, and I'm laughing, of course, but this will this will actually become a theme about, like, to what extent was, like, Playboy, like, liberatory yeah. to the women's movement yeah. you know and like i've always uh, um, wondered where yeah where the gray area sits on that you know um i mean i certainly have my opinions on it you know which i'm happy to get into you know please, I mean, if you've learned something you know, from this please please share what you've learned well i mean so like i'll start with this too like being from la like i, I gotta say like i have a tremendous amount of respect for hugh hefner this is um i i think one of the uh like, I'll say it like this, like, I, I, like, he had a tremendous amount of, like, because he, like, kind of was, like, this, like, old school gentleman, like, mm-hmm. he could, like, a, like, yeah, like, I get that they were, like, objectifying women, but he had some pretty strict rules for how people treated his bunnies. Yeah, I, I remember that, like, the photographers that would, like, be in his world were, like, kept to high standards and stuff, and, mm-hmm. like, kept to, like, like, yeah, you can, you can be in this world, but you can't be with any of these people and you're like supposedly that's that was the yeah like i mean and and of course like who knows to what extent that shit like crossed lines or whatever and i'm sure it did and i'm sure like you know especially as you get into like drugs and in like the 60s and the 70s of course like all of that shit right but like um I, I again, like you know, I think this is this is the part where I'm also like, well, what what did what did what did what did he actually give us as women, right? Like, because there yeah. was this like sensibility of like, well, but it is empowering, right? Because it's like a, a woman could be in charge of her sexuality, like, and it might might have still been positioned for the male gaze. Mm. Right. Yeah. But there was, but there was this acknowledgement of like, no, but women have this power that we don't. And this is like our, like, uh, this is a man, a gentleman's way of like acknowledging that, Mm. you know, like, like, and there is something sexy about, you know, um, yeah, she is majoring in history at Cornell, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why she's Miss September. Yeah. You know, like mm. that's why she's appealing, right? Like yeah. um I hadn't that uh, it didn't had, have to be something that was only like for red light districts, right? Which was like that. they had to create. I mean, cuz now we take it for all that for granted cuz it's, you know, just like what sexy is or whatever, but like mm-hmm. someone had to yeah, someone had to make that, which is them, I guess. Uh, well, it, you know, and it starts it, it starts to even get into like, you know, and I, I so after I finished the documentary and not to skip ahead too far, but like I started watching uh, Girls Next Door, the reality show, right, yeah. where it's like Hef and his like multitude of girlfriends. And like, you know, again, still very male gaze, it's still very patriarchal, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it's also not like, I mean, even, you know, the, like one of the things I learned in the documentary itself that, you know, he's narrating, of course, but like, he's talking about how um, he never believed in monogamy, but like, mm-hmm. I, I never got the impression like in reality or in like, as part of his identity that he really mm-hmm. actually gave a shit whether the girl's also had lovers of their own 
Oh, right. Like uh, because he has all of these stories of like, oh, so and so was playmate in 1960 something or other. And I fell in love with her and we were together for some time. But, you know, at some point she like fell in love with so and so and off she went. And, you know, some of those stories had happier endings than others because this is Hollywood, you know, and um, yeah. But there, but you know, like uh, it's not just Hef, it's not just Hef narrating. Like they're also interviewing like all the people who were there. Yeah, right. So, so like, so like, like James Caan. And, okay, yeah, cool. like James Caan nice. like does cameos. Like, yeah, I was at the penthouse all the time. You know, like wow. he was like I was always at the mansion. You know, and yeah. you know they're talking wow. about it and like some and a bunch of the former playmates. I mean, and that that's even kind of the other thing. It's like the like I think the. The thing that like is kind of mind-boggling to me, which I also don't understand, like like kind of like the feminist negative critique of Hef, is, I mean, and, and maybe I'm just kind of ignorant, but at least all of the playmates that were on this documentary, they seem to just fucking love the fuck out of Hef. Yeah, like just really? enormous respect for him. In- like wow. just okay. You know, so like there's something there that I think there's also I mean, he talked about um, how when he was in college is also when the Kinsey report came out. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the Kinsey report, of course, being the like, st- you know, the the oh, like yeah, the uh, sexual, you know psychological study yeah. of like, yeah, sexual behavior in the American I, it was male like, or whatever it was. Yeah, it was like yeah. Indiana University or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. You know, but, you know, of course, that that report basically says everyone's doing it, even if they're not doing it or even if they say they're not doing it, you know, Um, I anyway. So like how he (laughs) took. Yeah. How he created these these like categories of co-eds, their girls next door because they were. um, That's that's really funny. I never actually thought about the fact that they weren't lying about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always just assumed they're kind of just saying that. But. The fact that that's actually the case is actually new to me. <laughs> I always just thought they wrote little stories and that there was just like made up and nobody cared if they were made up and they never even bothered to get the real article in terms of like matching that up. That's fascinating to me. Incredible. Honestly. No, I mean, so like, so like there were, there were some of the playmates that were interviewed that were like, um, like, a, they interviewed the woman who did the first full frontal centerfold. Really? So, so because they were talking also about how, like, over the years, Supreme Court cases mm. and all of these things and, like, how some of those, like, community standards of morality were loosening. Yeah. Right? Um, right. So, like, it's it's Bob Guccione's penthouse that is the first to show pubes. And it begins this, like, Cold War of explicitness between playboy and penthouse on who can start to be more out there wow you and, know and like and it starts with like ooh, a pube <laughs> that's amazing i actually didn't know that they drew that distinction i mean i guess i should have assumed that they drew that distinction at some point but then i yeah and then later so how many years into the magazine was it that that was like they're going beyond just like showing a boob or whatever um, I think if I recall correctly, I didn't write it down, but the first full frontal was in the like early 70s. Wow. So like years. 72, like a decade yeah. or more. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. 
Wow. Everything else was like coy, maybe in lingerie, maybe mm. fingers, you know, maybe legs are crossed, right? More right. pinup Varga girl style, you yeah. know? Provocative, right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. And so like, yeah, so just seeing, so like there were a couple things that stood out. Um, I'm, I'm going to refer to my notes. So like, um, yeah, the, the whole creation of the girl next door meant like, like image that was really cool to, to like hear him describe how that was like, just like this natural thing that happened. Um, anyway. And then in the like third episode, um, it shows how like after Hef created the magazine, it really started to like capitalize on all of these like, uh, you know, new technologies. Oh. new. So like uh, they made a TV show called Playboy's Penthouse oh. and it was revolutionary for two reasons. One, uh-huh. um, it was uh, basically it was like a point of view show. So you were like you'd show up with the camera. And the camera was leading you through the penthouse and you could like go get a drink and you'd meet half and you'd be like, oh, welcome to the penthouse That's tonight. No, incredible. so nice to see you. Yeah. Oh. And so it's this. Yeah. No. So it's sick. It's sick. I want to so see I was a restored like, version shit. of that somewhere. I want to see what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were clips of it in it. So That's like cool. so yeah. it was I cool. Check that out. That's cool. Um, and wow. so, uh, yeah, so like there was like dolly work, you know, like you could, you know, yeah, like the whole deal, like it was cool, you know, That's like, um, and, uh, but the other reason it was like really revolutionary is cause he was also like, no, like it's just jazz is cool. Like nightclubs yeah. are cool. Like rock and roll is cool. So being being like being part of the playboy lifestyle was like about being cool and like it wasn't cool to be racist because that meant you didn't appreciate jazz you oh. know or whatever so he had like aretha franklin and Man like ended all up on of the right these, side of history Man. that's right so so like there were these like there were all of these there's all these like also like like um desegregationist practices of half and he talks about it in these like in casting this so he took like this stand and so like because what happened is like apparently television stations across the south were like oh well if they're gonna show like you know louis armstrong or whoever on tv like we're not you know like in blacks and whites having drinks together in the playboy penthouse like then we're not gonna air it and Hef was like, fine. He's like, we're going to show it. And they, yeah, and ab- apparently wow. a bunch of TV stations in the South refused to air it. Wow, um, interesting. But this is this is part of, like, the tide turning, right? Because this is exactly what he contributed to that zeitgeist as yeah. well, right? Like, no, like, if you're cool, like, y- you're not a racist. You'd be, hang- you're in these co- cosmopolitan spaces, Drinking martinis, we're all here together. Where the fuck are you? And there was a Somewhere lot of those, there was a lot of those playmate yeah. clubs, right? Weren't there? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because I was I I I don't want to like skip ahead to the things I want to keep talking about this, but like mm-hmm. I, I, there, that the a playmate club comes up in a documentary that I also watched as well, which you have seen as well, I believe. Um, but I, I found that interesting to look at um, some celebrities coming and going. Uh, oh yeah, but, but yeah. Please tell me more. Uh, whatever else you learned about. This. I well, love this. well. This so so that so that so that's what's so funny is that like. Um, so this television show is what inspires Hef to reproduce that nationwide. And he's like, oh, well, how can I continue to invite people in yeah. to the Playboy lifestyle? And he's like, well, obviously I have to have a nightclub. 
Wow. And so he so he he opened like the first one in I don't know Chicago or New York. I don't remember which one. Um, yeah. I'll have to look at the one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and then he opened the second one in the other city, and yeah. then. The third one, yeah, like, and it's just slowly but surely he starts to open all these clubs. And he wasn't in L.A. originally, you know, he was, yeah, it was like, I think Chicago, actually, I think if I recall correctly. Yeah, now. It's probably up. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Because you know why? Isn't Chicago where the headquarters was of um, their whole empire, the, the Playboy Yeah, empire? no, I'm actually looking it up now because I can't remember. Wikipedia. Oh, let's just let's just get right to it. It's fun. You can hear us both typing, so you know that. Yeah, we're right. Really, yeah, we're really no, so you know, ball. so you know that it's really us. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, he was at the University of Illinois when he starts his silly little like you know college mag or whatever, and then yeah, he starts working for Esquire. He starts and Esquire, then yeah, and okay. then he does the whole Playboy thing. So he has thing. like writing experience at some other magazines. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, he, he was like a, you know, a legitimate publisher. I'd like you to know, read I, a, I don't know what his writing style is. I'd be interested to know what he like wrote himself. Like what would he write about? <laughs> like, um, I, I don't no know. What, I don't even know what his voice is. I mean, his voice, literally, I know what it sounds like, but yeah. like, yeah, I have no idea what he would uh, say or, you know, want to make a point of or anything. Um, yeah, apparently, I mean, so he apparently turned down the pictures of Vanessa Williams. I see that you also have the, yeah. uh, you have uh, Miss America and pageants as like a topic for us to talk about later. I mean, but yeah. speaking of, like, apparently, like, Hef was like, mm, no, like, I want to be like edgy and shit. He's like, but I want to be a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and so, like, really again, right, to, the, to this, like, fe- yeah, to this, like, feminist issue, right? Like, it, 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 I don't, you know, I mean, I, I guess if if I'm going to say there's an ethical pornographer, but, like, you know, I also have really nice things to say about Larry Flint. Yeah, you know? right, he, so, he, uh, he, won, he won us all a Supreme Court case for free speech, right? So. My, my hero, he's one of my heroes, <laughs> for sure. No, I mean, I... I have so many wonderful things to say about Larry, not the least of which is he too in Hollywood, you know, like, and what he gave us with like, uh, Hustler and the fucking Hustler sex toy stores and the theaters and (laughs) the giant fucking building next to fucking SAG-AFTRA, wherever the fuck it is. It's sick. It's awesome. I I love it. uh, I just love that logo, especially. It's perfect. Yeah. It's been the same forever as far as I know. Yeah, he's delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, so yeah, so the the this television show inspires the nightclubs. That that too was fun um, to see how that like came to be. Um, but I think like I, I think where it really started to hit me about like, um, you know, like like this because uh, because I feel like he did he did something that I think is also really fun, which is that like he, he made fantasies realities, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause no, not everyone can fuck that cheerleading co-ed. Like, no, sorry. You're like, uh, you know, you're not all captain of the football team. I never thought about the literal implications of the fact that because like basically a single man kind of created this idea that like, millions of other people would kind of 
inherit that. I mean, I, fetish is a weird word to say, but I mean, like, a, a, well, it's a, why I can't a, use the word. Ha- it's like why I can't do like hashtag Latina if I'm talking about like just me and my profession. You know, it's like yeah, I'm just trying to think of like what his. That's a legacy for sure. His gaze left a legacy on all the for, for at least for a period of, of of men that grew up with Playboy magazine. It's just interesting to think about that. The other one is that, like, despite his like lack of monogamy yeah. and his like avowed lack of monogamy, because apparently he also tended to disclose that to his romantic partners, like throughout oh, the entire okay. history of his deal. Yeah. Um, which is also kind of interesting because it's not just like, oh, like the West Coast polycules from the 20, early 20 aughts or whatever, you know, like uh, <laughs> apparently half has always been an ethical slut. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, I love but he, but it is it is also surprising, I guess, in that way, like because like I'd only ever heard him talk about like all of his like wives or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know the details he, yet. I mean, he, he was just, yeah, I think kind of like, like I, it seems like from the beginning of his, even his early relationships, apparently were always kind of like, oh, his first wife cheated on him. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder how that ends up happening. That's That's funny. Yeah. But uh, down the line, he becomes an avowed non-monogamist and is always telling his new partners, new playmates, like, uh, you know, like we, you know, we we can we can do whatever. But, you know, you're not going to be the only one. But it is also interesting how even sprinkled throughout, like all the episodes, even like kind of towards the end of the episodes, he'll he'll describe people as, oh, so and so is the love of my life. Um huh. And even though he says that kind of about two or three of them, I don't get the impression that it wasn't true. That's a fascinating. I want to read a biography now. Like as well. Yeah, there there was something also incredibly romantic about about the Hef. Like hmm. I and I also started to kind of see it when even in the Girls Next Door episodes, which again, like you know, it's like fluffy reality TV and. You know, it feels salacious because it's like, oh, he's like got like seven girlfriends or yeah. whatever. There's something incredibly romantic about it. Yeah, and and I have to say, even just thinking about it right now, there's something incredibly intoxicating about the idea of, especially at that point in time, just being just like turning on the TV and be like being let into like this man's house as well. If we're talking about like the girls next door or anything, like, hmm. And he capitalized on the hell out of it. <laughs> hmm. I mean, he had hot wives. And they were all fucking hot. That is uh, without a doubt. Um, well, and the qualifications and everything that he needed. Um, that's what mattered. Well, and, the, and that was, I mean, and that was even what was so funny is that like uh, he talks even about like how it was really important for the playmates to have a personality. Yes. I can see why he would say that. Yes. Um, and and it also seems like because that would uh, he they they also show the debate like or like a dramatization of it, I guess. But like Hef is narrating like his recollections of a debate that he had with Gloria Steinem or an interview with Gloria Steinem <laughs> where. Because she had gone undercover, to, she had wow. yeah, she had gone undercover Incredible. at one of the Playboy at one of the bunny clubs. She she had been a bunny, and then wrote her experiences about like 
you know, feeling exploited. And Hef was like, hey, wait a minute. But like, I love women. He's like, I'm a feminist. And then, of course, right, here's like this first whole disconnect, right? Yeah. Of, because I think he does love women. I, I think uh, I, I feel like his um, his gaze is very loving, which is kind of bizarre to say. And, and I um, based on what you've told me, I would assume that he'd be like cool with like like, you know, women coming into the club as well. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. So like, you know. Like women with money in the day, I assume probably yeah. going through. Like that's, uh, it's an all access club in in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and so then, like in the in the first episode of Girls Next Door, you know, we we meet the three main girlfriends who we start to follow around because apparently, even though there's like seven or eight girlfriends at the time. It's really only these three that we're about to follow around on the television show, okay. and that's uh, Holly, Bridget, and Kendra. And I don't—I'm not really all that familiar with the history of it. Um, I know that most of them kind of stick around, okay. um, and I think it's—I think some of them get their own spinoffs. They like leave mm-hmm. the mansion, yeah. um, you know, and they do their own thing. I think one, and I think to that point, like one of them, I think it's Holly goes off and like has like her own dating show where she's like, I'm ready to like find someone to settle down with or something. I don't know. Actually, I don't, I don't even know if that's the premise. There was. Yeah. Um, I believe that is, but uh, it was some shit like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, um, but again, to that point where like, you know, like half is like, yes. And I will walk you down the aisle. Cause I love you so much, you know, that's, like that's this whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, um, what an interesting, but at, yeah. at one point, one of them is like, Oh yeah. Like I, like, like she was talking about like her audition for Playboy or her job interview. I don't know how, how they get those jobs. Um, But she was talking about like, I guess her, her audition. And she was saying that like, um, like her dad had had a subscription when she was a child and Mm -hmm. You know, that even though they were kind of tucked away, she knew where they were Mm. and they weren't like hidden, hidden, you know, they weren't like forbidden or anything. Right. Like they were, but they were like, you know, um, but that she'd sneak them. And she said that when she would go through those magazines, like that was what she aspired to be. She always wanted to grow up and be one of the girls in Playboy magazine. Wow. And then it like happens. Right. And so like, here's also how like, you know, she she knows exactly what Hugh Hefner's gaze is. So, of course, she's going to be able to go nail that audition. She, became, know, she like, became that over time, probably. Yeah. 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 Right. And like, again, like how this how this shapes our own reality, how we mediate our own reality. Oh, and man. like we create that's, that. That's a good that's a good <coughs> that's a good angle. And to, then they uh, make about. a fucking show about it. And then they mm-hmm. make a show about it. Right. Like. All of those depths of reality that are there, right? Because I, when she was talking about that, I remembered what it was like to, like, yeah, find a playboy and, yeah, like, That's a term. go, yeah, oh, this is this is what attracts men. Um, okay, I wanted to find a term here, just between for the show mm-hmm. and for our purposes. Mm-hmm. What what is what is the term for when? a fan or a super fan of someone starts like basically grooming themselves so that in the, with the idea that like one day if I run into this person, I'll be like the perfect match for them and then we'll fall in love and we'll like become the, I'll become their like normal celebrity couple, you know, we'll become famous. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like the word is delusion. Well, but but that's like every K-pop fan, (laughs) right? 
So. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, but that's every like Orlando Bloom fan too. And every know? and like, every Orlando boy band uh, fan, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, I guess I, he's he was in a band. I don't remember. No, I'm just I'm just. Uh, oh, I see. saying in terms of cult popularity. Um, oh yeah, and they're from Orlando as well, and it worked. But <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> so I'm I'm throwing my own self under the bus on this one. Uh, but no, I, you're, you're right. Like I, I um, how about this? Uh, it existed before reality television. There is the concept of like the bands that had like cult followings and stuff like that. But like people, um, before we had all of this in front of our eyes, I mean, now they do it definitely because of all these shows. Well, like teeny like, boppers stuff, but... did that, right? They would, they mm-hmm. would like ride yeah, yeah, into yeah. Hollywood and get, uh, headshots. Right. And like, right. like, like autographs and shit. Right. Like, like didn't Lolita do that? Mm. Like you in the like book, in the I book? mean, mm. Yeah. Or some shit like that. Okay, I'm going to tell you this is the weirdest did. thing you're ever going to hear, but I read that book when I was 13, <laughs> so I didn't get any of it. It didn't make any sense to me, but I got my accelerated reader points for it, if it matters. So oh, so I read it when I was that age, when I was like Dolores's age, okay. and I have read, I, and I, <laughs> I've read it a, a few times since then. I think it's like when, I, like I, because again, like, I don't know, I, 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 I like the book. I'm a I watched Mr. Robot. apologist, I think. <laughs> I watched Mr. Robot recently, and the main character's sister is kind of like the other main character in the show. Her, she goes by a handle, Dolores Hayes, in the show. <laughs> and I didn't realize until I went and read the Wikipedia article for the show after I'd recently watched it mm-hmm. that that was the main character's name, Lolita, even though I had read the book. If that tells you how much I remember of those books I read, so... Um, oh well, I mean, yeah. you know, and then of course you have the Kubrick version, and then you have the. Uh, I never saw that. Oh, uh, okay. Well, okay. Added to the list, mm-hmm. and then the I don't remember who directed the other one, but it was it's the one with Jeremy Irons as Humbert Humbert. <laughs> that sounds yeah. No, that was sick. That sounds. Oh, it's so good. It's that's so like dream good. casting. He's like got the yeah. whole intensity, the exactly what you need. I don't remember who plays Dolores. The way that he see. speaks English is very helpful. I think to. God, I love him. Well, Jeremy's Iron. Our boy. <laughs> no, I'm just sorry. Oh, Adrian Lynn. That's who did I'm it. I'm about to ask um, you a question that I need you to confirm for me. Is he? Is Jeremy? Is Jeremy Iron still with us, or is he passed? Uh, I believe he is still with us. Oh, thank God. Okay, okay. I was prepared for him to be dead there. Honestly. No, no, he's no, he's still alive. Yeah, Perfect. according to IMDb. Yeah, William Hurt surprised the hell out of me recently because oh, I had just yeah. fell in love with Until the End of the World, and then he died like <laughs> immediately following that. So, Dominique Swain portrays Lolita, and then Melanie Griffith mm. plays her mom. Melanie Griffith, interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. I'd forgotten about this. Okay. I actually saw uh, just to bring it back full circle. Yes, so, like, uh, uh, right by the Hustler Building in in uh, on Miracle Mile, yeah. there is a movie theater, um, like an independent little film okay. theater, a little tiny little movie house, and that's where I saw Lolita when it came out in 1997. 1997. I'm just trying to do the age yeah. appropriate check. I was 16. No, okay. I was definitely, you know, probably should not border. be allowed yeah. to watch an R-rated yeah. movie. And, in, and that one's R-rated for a pretty good reason, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that'll happen. Um, and now that you told me about Blue Velvet, too, I just watched that, like, uh, over the weekend. And um, 
Yeah, I can imagine if I if I I do actually have some memories of seeing Blue Velvet. I think when I was a kid, because I do remember some of those scenes in a way like that are like they weren't the first time I saw them, but I can't remember when I saw them. Um, that was that was a movie. I actually really 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 loved that. I I, I mean, yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> watch it. Shouldn't, shouldn't watch it when you're twelve or thirteen, but uh, at all. But man, that was a movie. Laura, Laura I, I think Dern. you should. I, I mean, I think I did. I mean, uh, I don't think I understood it. You know, I, I mean. Yeah, I love Terminator 2, but I didn't understand a thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Let's Bridget, see. we're all just meet. you know, and maybe that's how I feel about all of the Playboy magazines that I saw, right? I, yeah. I saw them. I didn't understand them, right? Oh, yeah. Um, God, no. I can, yeah. I can tell a story about tapes and that kind of stuff at some point. <laughs> you tapes. found them in the woods. Finding some, no, well, I, I do have a woods woods magazine story, but I'm just thinking of the, t- the tape. No, tape really? Is yeah. that really something it's that happens? It's a real story that happens. And I'm going to go find uh, somewhere between this and the next episode. I'll go find the thread that I recently saw floating around where someone like posted like, hey, if you ever have a real life story of this. It was some country was trying to do like research. <laughs> On like uh, to actually find out like the origin of this truth. Um, uh, oh, that's delightful! Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's I a, could it's a never real, imagine. Everyone needs the answer to this piece of lore. Why? Where the porn magazines in the woods come from, and who puts them there, and who finds them, and who leaves them there, and why? I mean, I'm sure as soon as they appear, they're like radioactive waste. Someone walks up to them, looks at them, does whatever, and immediately drops it back in its place. You know, what's really funny is that like, like, I do feel like stumbling across a dead body is something that's like a more universal likelihood. Um, Yeah. Uh, And maybe it's because that has actually happened to me and my friends. But like, I've never stumbled, like, I've never like stumbled across like, 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 you know, abandoned porn. (laughs) Yeah, I ha- or something like in the yeah. I could point you exactly. Where maybe it was. I'm in the wrong woods. <laughs> I've been I've been confronted by people. Right I've been confronted by people with guns in the woods uh, for being in their area of a private or public land. So, uh, it happens. Yeah, you just leave. Well, I feel you just like leave the woods. I feel like those fellows wouldn't be just willy nilly leaving. They were teens, just like me, us too. It was so, it was so weird about it, and that's why I was just like, they're teens. So they could do anything. <laughs> So let's just go. Um, oh, that's really funny. Yeah, when you're a teen, stay away from other teens. That's a tip for teens, but teens shouldn't be listening. <laughs> teen tip. Teen tip. Stay away from other teens. Just stay near whoever your guardian is, mostly. Um, <laughs> or, you know, you can have friends. Let's see. Uh, how about this, But though? do wholesome things, and like, don't... you know, play Nintendo or whatever. Exactly. Um... Uh, Oh man! So I don't know how to get into the other. Do you want to talk about the other thing that you watched the um the Lucy, uh, Desi thing before I jump into like the kind of darker yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, that I, I, I feel like into? yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I didn't I don't really have much to say about the oh, Lucy okay. and Desi doc. I mean, I feel like uh, mm. um, I mean, mm. and so that so that was the uh Amy Poehler directed documentary on Prime. Uh, apparently, there is also a uh like dramatization type of deal yeah. that came out kind of recently, I guess Fresh with like too, Nicole Kidman and someone Javier Bardem. Am I making that up? Maybe. Uh, um, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's just go with it. And uh, who else? Really? Benicio who else are they going to get? Is, can, he, is, can he be in it too? 
<laughs> he's in it if he if he talks like the guy from the usual suspects where he just mumbles i'm <laughs> gonna have to refresh that is that oh my god that's a real good he does one good too. voices though i just think of uh fear and loathing of course when i think of <laughs> yeah, him no, doing he like does full a character yeah yeah no he's great he's he's delightful and my boyfriend and he doesn't know it um and we're gonna have to find a word for that because <laughs> yeah it's this, crucial i to think mark- delusional is correct it's true but, and, but mark- yeah marketing came up with a word for it i'm sure they have a little book with a definition for what that is <laughs> yeah right yeah no yeah super fan yeah super that's true super fan oh that's how we got on lolita that's right because she mm-hmm. was collecting headshots yeah i don't yeah that's right i don't yes. know yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> i recently saw that in the wikipedia article when i was trying to look up that character's name so <laughs> just remember that fact now even after you told it to me uh, um, no it's it's a lot to keep track of um yeah it's like a million pages isn't it too it's like a thousand pages or it's, it's I don't remember long, how long. <laughs> it's 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 long. I think it's longer than it should be. No offense to Nabokov, you know. I just you know who's your editor or whatever. <laughs> There's a Russian. If I read enough Russian literature, I could have given you uh, a great funny answer to that. But yeah, no. See, but I've read a lot of Russian literature, okay. and you know, like I will take a thousand pages of like Tolstoy, though. Like that, I'll I'll take two thousand even. <laughs> and that shit, I could fucking read forever. I never pretended to read War and Peace. I can promise you that. There is oh no, no it's way good. It's so that. good. Oh, I, it's I, a, I, there's I, there's like a bear fight. <laughs> didn't expect there's that. some bear wrestling okay. yeah no it's great just yeah no it's good okay. it's it's uh i i unpopular opinion everyone is like Ew, the brothers dostoyevsky and i'm like yeah no it's good i actually think war and peace is better i think if you're gonna like slog through russian lit you fucking just go for it just do it you know is there um, a is there a dramatization of it uh or are you saying this is like a book only kind of scenario um, you know, I, I, I would probably believe that War and Peace is one of those unfilmable movie, uh, like unfilmable books, okay. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to assume I that. believe, yeah. um, I believe there is like a eight volume bullshit thingy on the Criterion collection. I think I saw one recently when I was, you know, tr- trying to do my Criterion challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's right. There is like a multi-part thing in there. Yeah. And we're typing. I was really climbing around that this, uh, like this past week, just looking for other things to like jump into on Criterion. Oh God, no! Oh, so I was just watching. Oh, um, and I watched some documentaries yeah. on Criterion. Cool. Um, what did you see? Um, so I was watching. So right now I'm on uh, directors. Um, Ooh, okay. and like, like I, like the, the fucking, uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the topic of, uh, this week's criterion challenge is, uh, watch movies by a director you've never seen before. Okay. Then I completed okay. my goal. Yeah. The, um, the and brothers, there was, <laughs> the brothers Mealy's. Uh, <laughs> And there was a, a a lady named Lee Grant who is a documentarian. Yes, please tell and, me about her. Um, so there are one, two, three, four, five, six of them here on uh, Criterion. Um, and I started watching one from 1989 called um, "When Women Kill," um, and it's uh, basically examining w- women in prison and 
why they're in there. And of course, like the answer is because like they killed their husbands because they were being like, you know, they're victims of like domestic violence. Interesting. Right. And, and uh, like, so um, the they era, also the have is also interesting to me. Yeah. Um, oh, 83. My bad. Like the, um, they also have uh, Leslie Van Houten, who is one of the uh, uh, Manson family. Oh, okay. so she talks a little bit about like what it, to be under like uh charlie's thrall yeah i imagine um awful and yeah i'd love to see yeah. that so you know um you know i mean i i, I like documentaries have been I, I used to read a lot of fiction and then i feel like i stopped reading fiction and like and watching fiction and i like to start really getting into like documentaries like yeah. just just you know like and just nothing but nature shows and learning about like the greater fucking prairie dog or whatever, you know? Yes. I want to learn about meerkat farms or whatever, like set to funny music, like so down. So fucking down. (laughs) I've, I've retreated from uh, learning about, uh, uh, fictional stories to then, uh, not even really learning like stories. I just want to know about like just the, the, the things that make people then perform the actions within stories to then evaluate the stories and figure out if they're authentic or not. Or, um, I would say that I learned, such a significant amount from watching uh, the two Grey Gardens films. Like the, I just if I describe them to other people, I want to describe them as like the Edie films, the movie, yeah. the films about the Edies. Like mm-hmm. that, watching that has changed something with me as a documentary viewer. Those characters, but specifically Little Edie, is. Um, I need. I hope someone. I imagine someone did a. A biography of her like there must be more, i'm sure there must be a deeper yeah. dive and or some interviews and stuff beyond just that but man like she so for people who haven't seen gray gardens or whatever it's essentially a documentary about a, a woman who's coming into her older mother's life later in her own life so she's probably in her 40s at the time they reconvene mm-hmm. and then about 10 years after they've been living together a documentary team shows up to kind of document the uh way that they're living their life which they have noticed because recently in the paper there was a story about how they got kicked out by the health department and eventually got fixed up and they've moved back into this home which is an old historic home that used to belong to like the splendor of like a kennedy family home as it was um and has fallen quite into disrepair and now there's just a mother and a daughter living in it and they're kind of like the last members of the family and they're living with um a weird fellow named Jerry who's uh, just like a 19-year-old kid who's just kind of hanging around, and I don't want to cast any suspicions about anything. Uh, um, but he's he's somehow involved in something going on there. And uh, anyway, the documentary unfolds, and you get to learn a lot about this uh, mother and daughter, and it's uh, like no other relationship you've ever seen in your life, really, I would say. Um, but it's going to tell you a hell of a lot about everything. And little Edie has a lot to say. That has nothing to do with the, the material, the documentary itself, that will expand your mind, I think. She's a woman that has read, clearly, a lot um, and experienced a lot and seen a lot and um, lived a very metropolitan lifestyle for a while, it seems, um, okay. and was able to talk to a lot of different people, maybe even travel the world at some point. It seemed like she knew a lot of languages. Um, and uh, I don't know. Seeing her then like retreat to... like 
everything about the documentary was fascinating to me. Everything everyone had to say, their motivations for saying it. It was a perfectly made documentary. So I imagine they edited down hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage to make that. But man. Well, because I, I understand that's why they made the second one. Right. Because it, there, so there's Great Gardens and then there's Beals of Great Gardens. Correct. Which is basically just like it's part, two. part two. Yeah. It feels like the it's same just movie, like bonus but, takes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like it's like the extras. It's like the Criterion extras. <laughs> yeah. The first movie kind of just tells like the story of like how they got in the scenario they're in. But the second movie is just kind of them like riffing about life and stuff, which I found yeah. to be honestly even more entertaining because I found mm-hmm. like the second half, especially of this a part two, little Edie just like goes to the beach and stuff. And you see all these opinions that she has about things when as soon as she leaves the environment that she's in with her mother. Um, Mm -hmm. She becomes a completely different person and that shows me what she's really like when she lives in the city or was with her friends Mm -hmm. that she actually has or whatever with her money that she actually has. And I assume she she did sell the house two years after the documentary. So I do assume that she has plenty of interviews, although she did move to Palm Beach, uh, Mm -hmm. Florida. Uh, But man, that uh, in what, three hours between those two, um, you're going to learn a hell of a lot about, um, I don't know, people living in a home in a family unit together compromises we'll make and the conditions that we'll live in if i mean metaphorically speaking and otherwise the conditions we'll live in under certain circumstances just to like keep surviving seems like a big ed is definitely in a scenario like that Um, so it's 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 because of that movie that a lot of times i say that i'm about to go change my costume I noticed that too. I, I tweeted about that a little bit just because I thought it was great because I tweeted a picture of um, uh, Effie Trinket and um, Hunger Games. The I can't remember who she's played by in the movie. It's it's killing me. I watched. I so I had seen uh, the first one, Great Gardens, but I had never seen the Beals of Great Gardens until recently. Yeah. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you and I talked about it or what, um, but I tweeted about it. Um, oh, and maybe then no. maybe that's how we talked maybe, about yeah, it. Maybe that's how we got to it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let me see if I could. Yeah. No. I'll, I know I'll Brent. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just shout him out here. Uh, uh, Brent's probably not listening, but Brent uh, suggested that he wants to live his life with another old man like just living like the Beals of Grey Gardens. Yeah, why not? Like it's delightful. Funny. Like I just just living just with his gaming my computer and yeah, changing his costume and <laughs> eating cans of tuna fish or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, just look looking uh, at the cats like just do whatever they're doing just be like, "Huh? Eh, I don't know. It's fine." I'm like 85 years old. So just just hanging in there. Here, I'll just tag you in the tweets from March 10th. Okay, sweet. <laughs> so that's just really funny. Because, yeah, look, I just watched it. So it's funny. Yeah, see, it was fresh in our mind. There we go. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I saw it on there and I was like, today's the day. I'm finally going to do it. And, and, you know, I thought I was going to get over it. I thought I had to get over a hill with that film that I didn't ever have to get over. It starts immediately and you're like, oh, wow, this is pleasant and enjoyable. It instantly catches your eye for a number of reasons. And then you meet little Edie. She opens up and starts talking and you're like, oh, this film is incredible because this lady has a lot, to, a lot of awesome things to share with you from the past, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's still inspiring today. And uh, very cool fashion sense, obviously. She's, yeah. she's like the coolest. Um, love her whole look, her head scarves and all that. Um, very, very cool lady. 
Hey, let me go get some more water. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get a drink, too. Okay. We'll edit this out. If I if I give you a list of sixteen pregnant episodes to watch, please, uh, you and you I start, will. and you watch one. Okay, thank you. And if you watch <laughs> if you watch half of one of them, you'll be like, I understand why Brian's obsessed with this. And it's gonna it's gonna change the way you think about um, uh, uh, sixteen and pregnant. It's, an, it's you're gonna you're gonna think about uh, a different way about it huh. after you watch it. I think. Um, just think about uh, think about every episode as if the mother and the baby were like the protagonist. That's what I suggest. Okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm gonna watch some Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom Two to follow up like their stories. So the ones that I'm watching of Sixteen and Pregnant are the characters essentially that make the jump to their own uh, series essentially, so that I can get like the whole story. Um. And they're, they're, I've watched a bunch of episodes of the show, kind of interspersed and seen, met some of these characters, and they're um, these people. They're extremely. Um, I would say that the fact that they were documented for eight, nine, ten years and continue to be is huh. kind of proof that those stories are worth watching, kind of from the beginning. Is how I huh. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll see, just watching a few of those sixteen and pregnant episodes, you're going to fall in love with those girls, and you're going to be like, I need to know what happens to them. I need to know oh. yeah they all have unique situations every single one of them isn't like a unique kind of scenario they're all 16 and pregnant but this scenario that surrounds it supportive parents unsupportive parents this or that huh. it's all different yeah huh mm-hmm. um and let's see also i watched uh the jimmy savile thing i want to talk about that but yeah hold on let's uh let me just drink this water for a second then we'll start recording then we can actually yeah 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 no, we're just constantly getting excited about mm-hmm, this shit. Mm-hmm. It's easy when I'm looking at a list of all the favorite things I want to talk about, too. No, it's amazing what a fucking, like, sociological study it was just watching that fucking Hefner documentary. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. like contextualizing him in like American history. Right. Because like, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's really easy to be like, Oh, he's a product of his time. But like, he yeah. is where's like, our, where's our honorary. History uh, like, degree? like that's we're, the we're, whole fucking joke. Right. Is that we're all fucking products of our time. Like that's the joke. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But no, where's I'm mad where's, now. No, seriously. When we write this book, whatever it turns out to be, I, um, I want an honorary history degree because technically what we're doing is we're writing a chapter of a history book that just no one else is considering to even bother to write. I think that this this chapter, one, this is the beginning of a book itself, um, the way of the way that like media is just in some ways designed even not even I don't even know you can't even well no once again I have to hit the record button before we start talking no I mean we're, we're I feel like we're coming up with like new 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 like frames of reference new uh new vocab even oh we've been recording the whole time I never hit stop so uh oh, okay I, there I, go. I hit stop even and, better okay there we go so we don't have to worry about it. now somewhere I'll cut it in and it'll be like yeah. fun yeah <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow. It'll be like we never even stopped to get a glass It'll of water. It'll be like we never even stopped for me to take a deep breath because I was so excited <laughs> to talk about everything we had to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so yeah, where were we? So we, we? we last left off on, well, no, we were, we wrapped up the whole Great Gardens yeah. thing and mm-hmm. we were about to get into uh, Bill Cosby. Yes, I wanted to address uh, Bill, Cosby Bill Cosby at Cosby. the Playmate Club. Yeah, because I thought that tied in nicely. Um Bill Cosby. I watched the. Um, we need to talk about Cosby. It's on, H- it's on HBO yeah. Max. Um, it's a four-part documentary on Bill Cosby. I thought it was a three-part documentary until part three ended, and I was like very confused. And then I realized I had miscounted the number of episodes, and that the last episode wasn't a trailer or something. I was my heart was pounding at the end of the episode three because I was like, "What? But um, how? How can this be the end? It's only like the eighties. Um, so. This show basically revealed to me, I had watched the Jimmy Savile, um, I highly recommend that documentary on Netflix, it just came out last week, um, but Jim will fix it, that guy in the UK. He was a man in the UK who made people's dreams come true, young and old, mostly kids, um, and became the nation's most identifiable charitable giver and fundraiser and icon, and then you know, part that's part one of the documentary, and you get to know everything like about Jimmy Savile, this man who why why Britain became so enamored with him and adored him and stuff. And you get to like, you don't get to know anything about why Louis Thoreau wanted to talk to him. And then you get part two, and then you see like basically as the public sort of like got to the crack started to appear, you get to see the monster that is Jimmy Savile and who he was the whole time. And that that documentary. Um, there's nothing to spoil. I mean, it's all been out there for a long time, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. he, he victimized many people in many wild ways that I hadn't considered. I mean, I had remembered the story, but having the documentary refresh my memory reminded me of what a monstrous person that he really was. Um, it wasn't just, um, I don't know. Sorry, well, watch the documentary and you'll see for yourself. Yeah, but yeah. he, it, it's a, it was a perfect documentary to watch without saying anything really about that whole documentary itself, which was worth watching for sure. It's a perfect one to watch before watching the We Need to Talk About Cosby show because it showed to me oh. that essentially they both of these people have the same kind of characteristics, the same abilities, the same uh, means of manipulating people. Essentially, they like 
it's like a, it's it's hard to say it's it's like they're using the um, techniques that a cult leader would use, but without having the accompanying elements of a cult, like the of a group. Well, also with drugs with Cosby, but well, also with drugs with many cult leaders as well. It's it, it, it's like he created a cult of identity. Um, like people were obsessed with him as an image, and then he was able to use that image to then perpetrate many, many crimes. Um, much like Jimmy Savile. Um, watching them back to back just showed me what, what really what it made me feel like is I wanted to say like Bill Cosby is like America's Jimmy Savile essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it made me very confused about a lot of things. I, I, the documentary came off very well in that it had everyone that had like mostly the right um, right reactions, the reactions you would expect people to have. But I also felt like um, I felt like it needed another part. I felt like it needed more interviews with people that were not touched maybe in the uh, victimization sense, but like, I don't know. It just, uh, it felt like a piece was missing. But mm. I don't know. I don't mean to attack any about what it was saying at all, but uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt incomplete as a documentary. Um, There's a lot of different elements. There were a lot of different periods in his life that weren't really covered, and I'm sure, well, there were plenty of evidence, honestly, that he was doing these things throughout his entire career. Um, anyway. It was an enlightening documentary because you got to see how many celebrities touched his life and how many people touched his life and did absolutely nothing about it. That was actually the most revealing thing about it, particularly. Yeah. So, so I, so I know, like, I mean, uh, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of like tabloid and, you know, E, true Hollywood, whatever type of shit about Cosby and all of that shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty familiar with that story. Like, uh, uh, Jimmy Seville, is that how you say his name? Yeah, Jimmy Savile is how they say it in the, Savile. the old okay. kingdom. Yeah. All right, th- this guy. Um, <laughs> like, other than that, he was like top of the po- like he was like on top of the pops or whatever. Like, yeah. I didn't really like know shit about him. Yeah. So like, I like I Wikipedia him. I Wikipedia'd him. Yeah. Because that's like a verb, you know. <laughs> um. And that like and like like I'm seeing here and of course to the extent that like all of this is true right like mm-hmm. so yeah. it says he's, that like in 1978 uh John Lydon of the Sex Pistols said like oh yeah like I think he's like a fucking pervert or something and like was like one of those first people to like make an allegation of like oh yeah he's a fucking kitty diddler <laughs> whatever yeah right? no, like, for real like it's, it's and tr- was like really saying it yeah because like he, anyway like, he was in with <laughs> a lot of famous people because he was a DJ well eventually he would be on like top of the pops and all that so he had mm-hmm. access to you know once he became the most famous DJ in the UK that was kind of his whole deal yeah um, and uh, man that got that guy was like it's hard to it's hard to there has never been there's never been a single man in america except for maybe no elvis i don't know there are people who didn't like elvis but everyone in the uk loved jimmy savile everyone Uh, it seemed like it um while he was you know in the because he he sounds like a dick clark right he sounds like a dick clark type of guy he was dick Dick clark if dick clark had no family and just rode around on a bicycle the whole time yeah yeah. i mean and then diddle kids as well um well i mean i think right i mean like right like this is this is why like the horror of michael jackson is also like like part of it right like i i mean i say that because it's like 
obviously each each of these um people's names that we're saying are very different in like the way they operated right but yeah. like um but like i think it still gets back to this idea of like like who 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 we imagine in our like most horrible nightmares like who are um who are who, who the who perpetrators of crimes and of these like you know like atrocious things like mm. who they are right like yeah. um it continues to be the like boogeyman you know the like stranger who jumps out of who jumps out at you in a fucking dark alley even though again right like as as we've discussed when we've talked about horror films yeah not the case not at all the case right like yeah, I'm not. I'm not afraid of Jason Voorhees' mom, but I am afraid of um, Jimmy Savile. If I was, you know, ten, or if I was, yeah. I, I'm still like honestly real. The a real life person like Bill Cosby. There's plenty of them out there yeah. in the world. They function every single day. They're out there doing their thing, mm-hmm. doing exactly what he did to this day. So yeah. that person out there, those many people are are the living example of real horror to me. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't put that in a movie. So you make Jason Voorhees' mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. I, I think you we can just don't put make that in a movie. movie yeah. I, I don't feel <laughs> no like one would go to see them. Movies like that, yeah. quite quite these days, you know. I think you is the closest you get to a movie about like a serial like creep, where you can still have him as be like the protagonist. I don't know if you've seen that Netflix series, but um, yeah, it's like you know, it's like Dexter. It's like the it's more it's, it's a twenty. 20 version of Dexter where like the character is a little more grittier but realistic <laughs> a um, gritty reboot it is kind of it's, it's Dexter without Dexter but with more grit and I enjoy it more so <laughs> uh, it's funnier um, let's see I love the actor too who plays the main character can't remember his name but he is fantastic um, okay so so what happened in the Bill Cosby documentary that you saw like, oh, I mean, besides me Bill Cosby out? being horrifying. Oh, oh well, okay. So I'll break it down. <laughs> Bill Cosby basically had, um, at the worst of it, he had systematically developed a way to ensnare actresses into his onstage dressing room right next to his. He would get all the guest actresses or anyone he could find vulnerable um, on the Cosby show. But he would do this on other shows that he had access to, well, at least in the Cosby show, there are, everyone's like 100% sure that he was doing this like the whole time. And that show was on for years. So, And he uses access and he used like security people to help do a little bit of his deeds. And all these neat people's names are all laid out. None, none of these other people face legal consequences, I might add, uh-huh. which is very strange. Uh-huh. But even though like one of them appeared in the documentary, um, I don't know why he would choose to do that, but he did. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, he would uh, systematically get people back to this adjacent uh, room and um, everyone who worked there thought it was weird and they all attest most of them attest to this in the documentary they thought it was extremely weird Um, but they also said that the reason they didn't say anything is because if Bill was having affairs it was quote none of their business and multiple of them said that it made clear that I don't know likely just to get out of liability Mm -hmm. but they said none of my business was like their way of escaping Mm -hmm. unbelievable uh, completely unbelievable, undefensible for one. There's no way. And he was doing this repeatedly over and over for the entire time. You're doing like eight years of a show and you're not ever mm-hmm. saying anything like you're not calling studio security. You're not. No, because you want to keep your job at the Cosby show, the most famous the most, NBC's mm-hmm. the most successful show. And that's why the executives obviously didn't do anything about it, which um, a producer on the show 
tries to make clear that that was the influential um, decision maker was the fact that the show was extremely successful and without it, um, NBC would have been sunk. Apparently, it's capitalism, baby. They even had an executive producer say those words. If uh, if the if, if the Cosby Show wasn't on the air until 1992, and like they needed uh, Friends, maybe that was when Friends started or something. There was a show <laughs> that came on in 1992 that they that was like they basically Cosby kept them afloat until that show came out. So, um, yeah. That's the kind of situation you're in when you ignore a you know monster as your star. I would assume. Yeah. Not an excuse, but that's what <sighs> the motivation is. <laughs> anyway, so he frequently appeared in the Playmate Club, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I found that whole section of the, the it's a pretty significant part of the the documentary. I would say it's at least twenty minutes, and they go into the history of the Playmate Club in the documentary, which is. Um, for a reason, basically to show that he had like a known kind of uh, he had an MO around the club of being like a guy who would go like basically pick up women, mm-hmm. but like in like a creepy way and the probably not even the way that they would have wanted him to do that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He followed his MO on all of that, I believe. Or at least some. Well, and, and and I don't remember everything, but like I I don't think they explicitly eighty six him or anything, no. right? But like but like it was just like the whispered network. Yeah, it was just stay away from this guy, and then some people don't listen to you because you know not everyone knows to take that seriously. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and you know, I mean, I I think that's like it's. I think that's also like the fucked up part of like right when when we do look at like even if like. Even if, like, Hugh Hefner, like, absolutely loved women, you know, and was like, well, I love my employees and I take care of them. It's also like, yeah, you also have, like, thousands of employees at that point. Thousands, quite literally at that point, probably thousands, right? Like, photographers and assistants and calendar people and uh, people who run the front of house, the back of house, the accountants, yeah. the lawyers, oh God, yeah. right? Like literally, right? Like the publishing people, like, you know, all of those people. Um, That's an empire. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally. Right. Like it's huge. So like, even if he like, even if I like believe him that he cared about every single one of the bunnies or whatever, it's like, yeah, but like. He had a lot to protect. You, yeah. Right. Like in a, and. You're not going to you're also not going to be able to protect them, unfortunately, from some dipshit like fucking Bill Cosby, who's like trying to be a predator. Right. Because like because like that's the other thing. Right. Like that was even one of the funny things about like Hef, like the, the, the Playboy lifestyle was about being cool and like being seductive, not about like taking, you know, like. Yeah, it was it, like no, you get laid because you're cool, you know. Yeah, like, and that's what that's what because um, you have a good hi-fi, you know. <laughs> exactly, and 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 yeah, Bill was using uh, well, multiple things, but they they outlined that. Quaaludes mostly, Quail- you know? Quaaludes and uh, sp- well, Spanish fly. He elus- uh, kind of, but it's not really what he used to, you know, obviously knock anyone out. But I learned you learn all about that in the documentary, which is. Uh, uh, something I didn't know that I needed to know. So, 
It's funny because like, like, like that was what I kind of took away from like reading Playboy when like I was like a kid. Yeah. Like, and I would find like my dad's like vintage Playboys in the garage or whatever, like a Playboy from like 1970 something or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'd be like, man, like, like, you know, you'd, you'd read through the back and it would be like, send away for like four or eight tracks for a penny, you know? Yeah. Um, that's the, the x-ray specs, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah like Mad like like, like you know but yeah but there was shit like spanish fly you're like you yeah. know brute you- cologne for a man or something you know like it just there was something that felt really doofy about it like yeah. like oh like this is so corny this feels like 70s disco dress-up day you know i don't know like yeah. Uh, uh, there was something about it that also felt like, oh, this is a mediated reality, though, right? This is like a fantasy you guys streamed up, right? Like, nobody lives like this. This is like Details Magazine. And, and who actually <laughs> lives like this? Well, the thing is, apparently, he was so uh, happy to put that out there, broadcast out there, that that was a part of his life. He started putting it in his comedy records, which I was not aware of until I watched the documentary. He he actually <laughs> like says like talks about Spanish Fly and putting stuff in people's drinks in his comedy on record. <laughs> Which is like they use they must have used that in court because he just openly states like what he's doing. He doesn't even in, use innuendo. He's like just talking about it. It's like really bad. And I don't know how anyone didn't just like take that record to a judge or I don't know a prosecutor or just I don't know someone and just be like, hey, can you just listen to this for like four minutes? I guarantee you'll be shocked. <laughs> like no, because well, because that's also right. Like, isn't this also what like right how we talk about like irony bros now yeah but he was a clean right? com- uh, yeah and he was a clean comic too so somehow he fit that into a clean comedy routine too yeah. which is really weird i don't even know how he managed to in con even in context to wrangle that i mean i don't want to be all like the patriarchy right but like yeah oh, the yeah. patriot you there know you because again yeah. right yeah. like because like it's a joke right like i yeah. mean it's yeah, I mean, because it's always funny. Like, <laughs> and if there were restrictions, they were being flaunted, and those restrictions probably weren't strong enough. And he was. A I mean, I feel like I feel like like jokes about drugging a woman's drink or about his like uh, they're about his like old school comedies, like um, like a caveman clubbing a cave woman over and they, the head. They do like, actually. They point that like, out. Like they do as, point that like, out ancient. in the. They point that in the documentary too. Like they're they're like they talk about that. Uh, brand of comedy the caveman kind of brand that yeah yeah like, what that is and stuff yeah fascinating i don't know but you know not to, you know again because that's also what playboy was doing right it was creating this new brand of masculinity right like how yeah. does a college boy become masculine You're sophisticated you have a hi-fi and you wear you know you smoke cools yeah, it's you know. like it's like sort of like the the um, the Kanye brand of like cool, sophisticated adult. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just gonna like, you know, we're not just gonna like wear uh, just the polo or whatever. Eventually, at some point, we're gonna like mature into like having our own styles and our own fashions. We're gonna do like whatever we want. We're not just gonna stick mm-hmm. to like the Lacoste polo. Um, but she talks about it at length, but uh, yeah. But you know, it's 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 like yeah. Anyway, but it's like right again. It's all reality TV. That's mm-hmm. we're just crafting an image. It's yes. our it's our Instagram feed. We're crafting a lifestyle for ourselves and saying this is how I live my life. I'm trying to think about like how 
I was I was actually I did come up with something earlier, but I was trying to think of like some way in which a reality TV show has like affected my decision making choices or like had me pick a product or do a certain thing. And I came up with a perfect example. It was like a pretty big thing and it wasn't like recent history and it wasn't it wasn't very like major in like affecting my life. But it was like a pretty it was like a significant like, I don't know. What was it? Oh, I'll I'll think of it. But it had something to do with like. Love Island or something. This is just something someone said. I don't know. It, it stuck with me. I'll think of it. But anyway, so um, I think uh, the the main thing that I want to watch is a bunch of that. So sixteen and pregnant mm-hmm. and Team Mom OG. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can highly recommend. I'll tell you this. Here's what I'll say about the Bill Cosby documentary. I highly recommend that you watch it. But um, if you've seen like the R. Kelly documentary, if you've seen other documentaries on mm-hmm. that level, this is not that kind of documentary. This documentary was, it, it is, I will say that, it has that element in it. However, it is, it's like eminently watchable in that you're going to survive it out the other end. You're, you might have a tear or two, but you're, it's made by a comedian about the, it's about the, it's not just about Bill Cosby. It's about Bill Cosby's era of comedy that allowed him to kind of have what he had. Um, okay. So that's like probably a third of the documentary. And so in between, you're going to have some laughs. You're going to be able to digest the material. It's not, you're not going to be like, I felt when I watched the R. Kelly documentary, I just wanted to die the whole time because it, I was worth, you had to watch it. Uh, but oh man. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just remembered that like, um, I was in the middle of, um, moving from Los Angeles to New Mexico mm-hmm. here to Santa Fe. And I was like, you know what? I really don't need this many records anymore. I just don't, you oh, know? Okay. And I had had a, um, you know, a pretty decent selection of like Bill Cosby and Steve Martin records and a few other comedy records, albums of uh-huh. that sort. And, um, I was like, oh, I, I, you know, and I was like in the middle of like taking all of them to like a variety of record stores and asking them if they wanted to buy them for anything. Cause like, I, I I guess I didn't really care, but I was like, yeah, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I was like that morning, like getting ready to like take a bunch of shit into Amoeba or whatever. Okay. (laughs) Like, and I remember like waking up and like, I'm on the toilet and there's like all this news about like Bill Cosby, like, and like, like, like. It, it was like the first, like, this is like 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2015. Wow. Okay. Um, but like, it, that was like when the, like when like I, I, something happened, like charges had just been filed or something like, yes. you know, kind of like a, 2015 is a crucial year. I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, so. Like something happened and I was like, yeah. oh shit. Now they're not going to want to buy these Bill Cosby records. Uh, or darkly yeah or darkly yeah but (laughs) i just i just went in pretending i hadn't heard the news like what like what yeah wow here i just i came in with all these These were worth more than when i left and you have to help me out (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) wait what just happened yeah well i hadn't heard this (laughs) oh i'm sorry i was just listening to I just need to be in this distortion field for another 20 minutes. Can you put <laughs> yeah, your phone like down, just, please? Yeah, right. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 
we ha- this is oh. a good memory. Thanks. I do. <laughs> I want to. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, it's really funny. This is bad. Well, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not bad, but it is. It no, is it's cultu- okay. It's a it cultural moment. I never really mm-hmm. paid attention to Michael Jackson until he died. But I also had no cultural context for what he did or anything about him, really. Um, oh, honestly, I, again, as someone who was in was Los like, Angeles, I was like eighteen, and I, and I, I didn't know really. I just never even listened to his music. I didn't even know like "Rock with Me" was. Uh, I thought it was like a smooth jazz song. I, I'm honest. Oh my god, like, I had no idea. So. No, I was like, I was like a, I was like my, like, like he was like a phenomenon. Like when Thriller came out, like my parents had that record. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like a small child. I was like five years old or so when that came out. I think it came out in 84. So yeah, I think, right. Like, so anyway, yeah. so I was like a kid. I was like a very small child, but like, um, my parents loved the Jackson five, mm, like, like mm-hmm. just the, everything they loved. Every, you know, they had a show, right. They had their variety show. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh my God. That was kind of, I mean, you know, I guess like those are like, um, we need to put on the fucking like partridge family and shit yes. like that. Mm-hmm. That counts. Wow. Wow. The monkeys even, you know, which, again, which is like a simulacrum, right. Cause that's not real. Mm-hmm. None, that 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 shit wasn't real. Monkeys. Okay. Oh my Monkeys. god. Monkeys. Yeah. No, I'm glad you spelled it wrong and then right. <laughs> so I love being able to have. Which is to say time. right I'm, and then. That's wrong. why I note for the audience: <laughs> I am dyslexic, but I still match up my um, words mostly. So. Yeah. Okay. How funny! Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That that was a nice little like. Like I feel like my life flashed before my eyes. No, right you're there. okay. <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I, I just wanted to bring up a couple things before we uh, mm-hmm, do anything mm-hmm. here. Can we um, talk about? Uh, well, we don't have to talk about it right now. But can we talk about podcasts at some point? I would like to talk about podcasts. Um, just like one, just like, like self-contained, like one episode where we talk about like podcasts and what they're doing and effects they're having and stuff like that, like with relation to like our kind of topic at hand. Okay. That would be okay. Kind of interesting. Um, I, I will say, um, we don't have like to touch full, the hot ones. No, I will say this. Okay. Full disclosure. Yeah. Um, I don't really listen to podcasts. Hey, that's cool um, because I don't really listen to too many podcasts either anymore. I used to listen um, to like and, 10. So, and part of it is that because I tend to daydream that uh, th- this is this is also why I can't do audiobooks. And I, I'm just going to put that in there mm-hmm. um, because um, for me, um, there is something about the visual medium that I absolutely need. Uh, like like books are good because the words are there and that's visual and that's like good enough. Um with movies, it's fine. Like, I don't actually need the closed captions, but I will turn them on more often than not. I need them. I have to have mm-hmm. them. I need closed captions. I don't know if it's because I prefer I've been them. reading so. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I, I, yeah, I always have them on, unless it's like Jeopardy, which you have to turn them off because it fucks everything yeah, up. Yeah, because then, yeah, then it gives it away. Then, but, but then you have to pay attention. You have to, like, at least <laughs> pretend you buzzed in, like, oh, got it. No, fuck you. <laughs> That's, yeah, if you're not if you're not watching an episode of Jeopardy with someone else, then you're you need to just save them up and just otherwise you're not doing it right. Um, yeah, no, just to, yell it you out. You have to yell yeah, it before. It if you yell it before be the other person, you win that question. Yeah, you win. Yeah, no, you that's don't add right. them up, that's but correct. you just get the satisfaction knowing you won that question. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
it's no, it's no real point system. Yeah, exactly. No real points. It's very whose line is it anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah, words, yeah, exactly. Shouting words. <laughs> Um, I guess that's, what that is. that's really funny you know like i i actually have always wanted to like go to like trivia night and just ruin trivia night and see I did like once. how many rounds i can go before I they kick I went by me my, out i went uh by myself with a with a friend to the the one at draft station and i fucking wrecked house i only went once <laughs> i only went once because i felt so bad um <laughs> it was bad it was bad. Everyone was, you know, doing it, but like, man, I was just doing it like by myself. And the person with me wasn't even a native English speaker. She was from Sweden. Um, so, and she got a lot of questions, right? About like pop music and stuff. So that's funny, but hell we, we cranked it. We got second place. We only had two people. Nice. Pre- first place had six. So, um, nice. Yeah. 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 That's how it goes. Um, okay. But yeah, no, like, um, but but I, I I do have a lot to say about the democratization mm-hmm. of uh, media because yes. that is also what I think reality TV is. Democratization, like, me- yes, yes, yeah, yeah yes. Um, so so I do feel like like on a philosophical level, I, I I have a lot to say about podcasts, also because of how niche they are. Yes. Um, you have to, it's basically like having a mailing list that, um, people are like clicking the link in a very quick way. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like, uh, it's like direct video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but, it, but it's also like, uh, like public access TV, except like you actually reach your audience. Yeah. Like you know like, who you're cause, talking about. Well, you don't really exactly know, but you kind you have a good idea of who you're talking to. Well, like, well, like, because this is like what the, the this is actually what the internet allows us to do, right? It's like we find all the weirdos who are just like us who yeah, are into that like one weird thing, yeah. and I say that one weird thing, but like it's like in you know, but it, but it's, but it's like all the weird things, right? It's like for every furry, there's also someone who's like, I'm really into like Toyota Celicas from 1984. Shout out to uh, my uh, my furry follower. Um. <laughs> Who Again, broke yeah. the Kanye no, tweet. I'm not talking shit. I, I had yeah, no. I just no. want to. I just want to. I just want to say fan. big, big shout out to the um, yeah, the guy who uh, broke my Kanye tweet. Um, big fan. <laughs> I, I follow him. I think three of my followers follow follow them. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that happened, but it went. At, the furry community broke. So if you know, uh, if you watch DMX's funeral, at the beginning of the funeral, <laughs> this is complicated. But if you're a hip hop fan, you already know what I'm getting into. At the beginning of the funeral there was a video of DMX on the slingshot in Orlando. And I only know about this because I had a friend who used to live in Orlando who had a friend post a video or something or had known about the video and had a link. And there was the video it was of DMX and some guy who won a contest going up on the, on the, the slingshot. But I knew of, because I'd seen the related videos also on the channel all these years ago, it only had like a few thousand views of DMX and his little tiny daughter on the slingshot. <laughs> and I found the video, which only still only had like a few thousand views and I posted it on Twitter and it blew up and went to every social media program. And even the one, the, just the one that I posted have 8.5. If you go look, it still has 8.5 million views. And it was all because, uh, it was all because a bunch of you, and it ended up you, that very clip, that exact clip that I use clipped from start to finish from Twitter is the same clip that ended up at the very beginning of his funeral. The first thing they showed was the clip of him and his daughter on that slingshot. 
and that has yeah. I seeing that me being the biggest DMX fan in the world and well one of them anyway I feel in my heart I felt that way especially after watching that and knowing that like Kanye put that whole thing together and everything it was mind-blowing to me to see that it touched me in a way like I could never be touched and it felt it made me feel like I finally understood like how internet communities work and how online communities work and it was all because of one follower that you know nobody else in our community really follows it's just some person who I've known for four or five years I guess who just happened to retweet it and went to the right place and bam that's it exploded and I the only reason I was able to even track that was because I was you know I was like wow there's like eight retweets and then I looked down the chain of where it went and that's how it went and then I love I love the internet. I, yeah. I, 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 I hate it now. And I wept for like, like I, <laughs> watching that, you know, it was amazing. I, I weep. I weep for the like glory days of the internet. Yeah. But um, I felt like I had know. a moment of it there. I felt like for a moment, like I was able to restore some like beauty to the internet by trying to like, I don't know, put something together. But um, I was just glad that it was heard. I was just, I felt bad about the man. It was before he passed away. And I just knew that. It was I think I'm going to retreat into the Volvo forums. Like, like, like if Elon Musk ruins Twitter, I think I'm just like, yeah, like I'm just going to, you see me in the <laughs> Volvo forums. Bye everyone. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll work on the IRC channel. Yeah. <laughs> just recede into it'll the internet. Be, it'll, it'll be the Volvo forums and our Google doc. And like, exactly. that'll be it. We'll like, go, we'll, that'll we'll find, be the extent. We'll find the Australian Skoda repair forums. Um, <laughs> And uh, we'll we'll communicate on the back pages there. We'll try to figure out how to use that as the communication method for the show. Yeah, no, it's the way like teens used to use like like Wikipedia like chat the the talk pages or yeah. whatever. I can see like sixties teen news. All the teens are using hobo code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love like hobo. Sucks. That's what we're doing. That's what they- talk yeah, talk about reality. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I, and, and on that, I kind of like to, to some point do like a Twitter episode where we kind of cover just what this world is to us and what that all means and what it even means when we say Twitter and, and what it doesn't mean. And cause it, I mean, me, a lot of people listening and now I don't say we have to go into all the things that we do or here or there or whatever, but okay. I just want to explain a little bit about like what it is to someone like me and you maybe, or what it can be. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will. I mean, I'll think about it. I certainly feel like I will have a lot to say. My uh, uh, my initial gut is like the Internet is real. Um, yes. It always has been. Um, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of the. Uh, uh, <laughs> That fucking pop-up message that Twitter sends you when it's like, remember the human behind the oh. keyboard. Like, remember the human are you sure keyboard. you would like yeah. most people don't say the shit you're about to say. Do you're you want to say it still? You're, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're I about do. To, <laughs> like, I do want to say it. Twitter like, is saying like, you're about to say fuck you to U.S. Senator. Are you sure you want to say this? And then. You can be like, oh, yeah, wait, no, it, no, 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 But it's no, something no, like, no, remember the person behind the keyboard or so? I don't remember what it is, but I want to find that phrase. Um, <laughs> but I, I just want to say, like, I feel like, you uh, know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I feel like it's even related to, like, maybe I would, um, I would like to hear the story of how you got online. Oh, yeah, I would love to talk about that. It's very complicated. Um, and I did a lot of legal things as a child that I cannot be 
charged with because I was a child. Yeah, I, I want to say, like, as it were, our it, origin it should be known. stories. Yeah, I committed a lot of crimes on the line when I was a child. All not completely n- innocuous. No, they're not crimes. I'm just kind of joking about this. But I mean, if they're all they're kids that things that everyone you know was doing to do you know things that you, if you needed to download certain things online, you LimeWire, figure out yeah, how to get it. Yeah, you download the music of the movie or whatever. But that was a big thing in my life, just in my uh, personal life, like me and my friends, that doing that together was like a big kind of Mm -hmm. thing in my life. So that's kind of where I ended up where I ended up, I assume. I feel like um, I first had my eyes open. I'm going to write that down for me was when um, like I was like in middle school and my friend Anthony, he had a um, uh, he had a computer that was on then he played Doom on it. Mm hmm. And I was like, wait, hold on, back up. Wait, you play video games online? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How does that work? Or whatever. I don't know. Or whatever it was. I don't remember what the fuck it was. This is where I played. It might have been Duke Nukem too. Uh I don't remember. But like it was, it feels like so long ago. But um, anyway, yeah, (laughs) it it was like, like when I first heard of the internet and then I was like, I want to get on the internet. I'm like, I want to be on the internet all the time. I think we had a similar, I think we had a similar kind of like going to someone else's house to play the things maybe. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I, I mean, I, was, that, that's I wasn't what, allowed to play Doom in my household, not until I was a little bit older, or at least. No, I mean, so yeah, no, no. So this is actually good because this ties into my quinceanera story. Okay. Um, because I asked for a computer instead of a quinceanera party, and Ooh. it was something that like upset my parents somewhat. Oh. Because they were like, "But we wanted to get you a dress," and I was like, "I just want a Mac." Like that rules. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I was like. I want Photoshop. It's not called Photoshop yet. <laughs> like, I don't remember what it was. Like, oh, PaintShop Pro? PaintShop Pro? Yeah, maybe. I don't fucking... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like fucking the Coral Library or whatever. I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah. I, I know. I'll, I'll think of it. I'll, I'll dwell on that one, yeah. I mean, I remember it was Aldous PageMaker mm-hmm. before it was... Corel, was it Corel or, Studio? Was it Corel? Maybe. Okay, no, yeah, some okay, shit. Like, like that. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, some shit. Anyway. Well, we can, we can, yeah. uh, I can track down some, some great names of software when we get into that kind of thing. Yeah. Too. Um, God, there's so many great things. As I know that there were some interesting um, experiments in online um, interactivity with Big Brother and stuff that would be fun to maybe go find mm-hmm. some clips of and kind of go back and see like how people were having like the internet interact with reality television, like way back in the nineties, even. Um, well, do you, I mean, even, even the ability to like on America's funniest home videos, like audience could vote. Right. Because like American idol was like that too. Yeah. Right. There was like audience like text one, two, three for your favorite bullshit. Yeah. I oh yeah 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 and because we didn't have like an online voting system not everyone had like internet well I mean I'm sure that was like an option uh-huh. but, but yeah like being able to do that and like text, uh, text and the then, number yeah yeah and then wait um, but there was the Kim Kardashian game remember she had that like iPhone game yeah like what, like th- this was it? like a long time ago too this wasn't like two years ago this is like two thousand and six. Yeah, but I'm trying, to, uh, I'm trying to remember the basis of it because I think that's the same company 
I think it was Zynga that made that game. Yeah, because it also did like uh, fucking did, Farmville or whatever. Yes, and they did the um, Wiz Khalifa weed farm app, I believe, as well. No, no, that, that was a different company. Um, but anyway, they looked exactly the same. The same concept. Celebrity endorsement for um, reality uh, multi-level <laughs> media product. Kind of hard. Yeah, so many ways to make money out there, right? <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, but that I mean to kind of bring it full circle, yeah. like that was that was what Playboy discovered, right? Mm-hmm. That they weren't just selling a magazine, they were selling a, a brand, a lifestyle, right? So that they could like have a club, they could have a TV show, they could have um cufflinks. Yeah. And uh and there's a there's an episode where Kim goes over and, and does a uh you know a tasteful shoot with Playboy and stuff in the beginning of the show and she met Hef and it seemed like they were familiar and stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was able to pick up some business concepts and stuff from him, you know? Yeah. So about, about maybe I don't know, or maybe not. Maybe she met fifteen million people and learned all the things from the other fifteen million people, but I don't know. Um, she seemed to be a person who, even in the show, took her time to like learn everything she could from everyone she interacted with. That seems to be her superpower if she doesn't have one. Um, very observant, I guess is the way I would describe it. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm 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 looking at like. I guess it's 2016. I guess it's a lot. Like I, I, I guess it's more recent than I thought it would, that, than I thought it was, and it's just uh, somewhat mind-boggling because I guess I don't know, how, like the concept of time well, <laughs> continues to elude me. I'm, I guess uh, it's. I'm gonna learn about this now because I need to know. Yeah, 2016. Okay. Oh here. And I do want to talk about the Kardashian verse because I do uh, wish to watch some Kardashian episodes in the next week or so as well. So. Uh, I will be catching everyone up on that in the future. Um, and and there was uh, Bad Girls Club as well, was something I saw a bunch of people online talking about recently, kind of revisiting, um, mm. because it's kind of like the sauciest of all. Um, okay. It was, a, it was the one that was like permitted to be the sauciest. It was like known as the sauciest. And I think it was kind of, if it doesn't exist anymore, it's because it got so saucy that it got, you know, unsauced. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so well, I'll look. Wow, cancel culture too. hit Bad Girls Club, huh? I think, I think, I think that might have been the case. I think some characters got a little too saucy, too, too problematic. <laughs> pro- pro- problematic with the P, capital P. I think yeah. the classic kind of problematic. Yeah, <laughs> not the like being drunk kind of problematic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> Oh, well, now everyone knows all our plans for the future. Oh, uh, uh, and, and we did track this down. Everyone out there, Baseball Wives. If you want to watch Baseball Wives, it is available mm-hmm. on iTunes. So uh, we did the homework. We can watch this together. I'm going to track it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get those eps. Nice. No, so now that now that I'm like all moved into my apartment, mm-hmm. I'm so like I'm thrilled about this. Okay. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, because like I have my posting station back up, like improper. If you get, uh, if you get a copy of Baseball Wives nine episodes, um, let someone yeah. know. <laughs> no, I like so. Like, what I want to do is I want to put like the game on one screen mm-hmm. while I watch Baseball Wives with audio on on the other. Yeah, right. That's, so that's then I can I can like hear life. the antics. That, yeah, I can hear the antics of Baseball Wives exactly while I watch whatever the fuck is actually happening 
you know, out on the field. Has, like that, some, that sounds delightful. Yes, and I, I highly recommend everyone go watch uh, baseball or, or whatever because, uh, man, this season has had some really weird, crazy, if you're a baseball fan, those kind of scenarios that you love where you're like, wow, this has never happened. This has never happened. This is like a weird kind of one-off scenario where the game's 0-0 zero, zero into the 10th inning. Like Those classic scenarios I we don't all even know, know. Yeah, It's like it's it's the baseball scenario, but like, damn, if I haven't seen it. Except joked about on such a long time where it's literally just not, no 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 score forever. <laughs> that's okay. I, I like. I feel like that's like the perfect baseball game as far as I'm oh, it concerned. is. It was so exciting. Those pitchers were going wild. Man, one guy made it all the way to the end, and they finally pulled him in like the tenth inning because they're like, "Dude, we just need this over. You can't." Just that's like-, like when a fight is more likely to break out too, which is sick. Like, <laughs> like exactly. I think there's only like a couple of hits on each side too. It was a real like super offensive game. Like just nothing, nothing doing. I think a man got on third once and I think two people got on second until the very end of the game. That's it. Nothing. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it was a a great classic baseball. (laughs) I believe that was uh, Angels too. Angels not doing hot with, um, Shuhei is the only person on the team doing hot, it seems. Um, He's the, he's, he's the icon of the entire league and his team is really holding them back. That's that's my baseball commentary that I'm allowed. Um, See, so like this is the only reason why I like want baseball cards is because this is how like I would keep track of them. Oh yeah. Like then like, I'd be like, uh, yeah, like I need like photos and like I, I need to like just like have their stats in front of me. Yeah. I feel like if I had like that, like I, I should probably just print some out. Like it's not that I like need them to be official. I, you know, like it could just be on like index cards I make. I should draw them. That'd be fun. I actually thought about tracking stats for a game on like index cards and stuff, but I feel like I can't. I've um, always wanted to learn myself. how to do that, like with a box score. Yeah, yeah you like can, you really can, do it. If you go to a, most baseball games, there's usually you can like, well, you can print it out and bring it with you to like write down your own box score. <gasps> I think you can usually, if you go to like the info center or something, they'll usually have like a pad and a little rip off a sheet for you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. No, I have an idea. So like, um, uh, unrelated to anything, I've been planning my midlife crisis. Oh, okay. Um, so plan. I'm like an A. Yeah, no, I'm in like I'm an A type personality. I can't just like have a crisis. I have to like plan a crisis, you know. So mm-hmm. like, um, I'm thinking about like what am I gonna do for my midlife crisis? And now I'm kind of thinking like maybe I just like buy myself season tickets forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about that too. I was thinking about what that would feel like. To just yeah. have season tickets to to just be something. a person who's mm-hmm. like season ticket holder guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have to be somewhere close. I w- see. Like I was thinking about getting like s- spring spring training tickets for a team here, but uh, no. Like I'll just do it for like the topes or whatever. And <sighs> then it's like, yeah, no. Like if I have to like take time off of work, I'm just going to tell my boss, like, yeah, no. Like I, I'm just like a season ticket holder. Yeah. Now. See, that gives and, you like, the ultimate excuse. Plus, every everything is going to have to be plus, around. How that. cool is it Sorry. to like toss around the ones that you don't use to your friends? You're like, here, you can yeah, go to right? the game now. Yeah. Four t- however many tickets. Yeah. No, I have around. an important meeting. I can't make this one. Yeah. Plus, how, how much? Here, how much? These. How much would season tickets for the topes? I have cost? no idea. I don't know, but I think I should bucks? do it. Yeah, like for the whole season. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't even be, assuming it's anything. twice that. Can't be that much. Even yeah. let's pretend it's six hundred. It'd, it. It'd be worth it. Be worth it. That's right. That's right. Be absolutely worth it. <laughs> I would love that. That's excellent. <laughs> oh my god! All right, yeah. No, that, that. So now that's like in the running for maybe my midlife crisis is season baseball tickets. From I'm now on. I'm I'm all in support of that. That's the healthiest midlife crisis I've ever heard of someone having in my life. So 
I, I fully support it. <laughs> yeah, no, again, I have to plan it. So like, oh, there's more th- stages, but is... that's stage one. Okay. Well, well, I just mean like, you know, it's like, what if I come up with an even better midlife crisis well, that's like, a good start. thing to do? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a pretty high bar because it's like, oh, like, because maybe I just do that anyway. That that doesn't feel like a crisis thing. That's a reward. That's know? a midlife reward going to. Like, I feel like midlife crisis would be like banging one of the <laughs> fucking Albuquerque isotopes. That is how you achieve that. If you have the season <laughs> yeah, tickets, no, see, that's right. you got to start quick. with the one. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Baseball wives. <laughs> Holy shit. That's how you change your life baseball wise yeah, and go. then and then no, you don't even it. need see then you don't even need to get in a job with the e-network because we'll just it'll just happen it'll just organically yeah. no, we'll just the, find just you get one. they'll just yeah. find us they'll be like were you already trying to do this like what was happening <gasps> yes i was trying to be a baseball wife impossible <gasps> is what oh they'll say God. they'll say it was impossible but they'll never know no. if it was the whole plan no, but I'm a witch. I can manifest anything, anything. I used to tell myself that because it happens so often um, as a joke. Oh, it happens to me all the time. It just happened to me recently. It just happened to me over the weekend. Yeah, it was a big deal. I, can't, I, I usually keep them to myself because they freak me out so much. Um, mm. Not always, though. I'll tell you the funny ones. No, this was, this was one I actually, I, I almost shared it on the timeline. I'm actually a little shy because it's about, it's about uh, uh, my new fellow and oh. uh okay yeah um but like um yeah at the risk of being like incredibly like corny like he was like he was he, he was resting upon my bosom mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said something to the effect of oh i could be here forever or something Aww. very romantic very it's romantic very thoughtful. yes very thoughtful and i was like oh like and in my head because like i'm a romantic dipshit who has read too much like poetry mm-hmm. i was like i know exactly how to make this happen i have to go get a locket mm-hmm so oh. I was like, I was like, get up. We're going to the store right now. So we went to double take. Yes, I know. There was exactly only one. About. Yeah, there was only one locket. It was like kind of corny. It looked like the kind of thing that like 14 year old <laughs> best friends get each other. And I was like, I'm not getting uh, No, this oh, is no? not it. Okay, no, not getting Yeah, okay. I was like, no, we can do better. So I went to this other jewelry store, which is right next to Saigon Cafe in the CVS. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know where this it's is. A, it's right? appropriate so, for the kind of thing that you're going after, though. Yes. Yeah. No. It's like it's like it. It's like a. It, it's like a. Yeah. It's like it. Like it has estate jewelry and antique jewelry, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's like a locals shop, right? Uh-huh. So if like, I'm gonna find a locket, it's gonna be there, and they're like, "No, we don't have one. Try around the corner." So they direct me to this third place, and I was like, "Okay." So I turn to my sweetie, and I'm like. I'm I'm gonna manifest this fucking locket. Like it's going to be at the next shop. <laughs> this like platonic ideal of locket that I am thinking of, it's going yeah. to be there. And guess fucking what? We get there. Yeah. They like start um they're like, Oh, are you here for like something? And I'm like, Yes, I'm looking for lockets. And like the fucking salespeople immediately like pause like deers in headlights. Uh-huh. And they're like they like you can see them running through the inventory in their head. Yes. Right. I'm and waiting. they go, and like like and one of them gets this like little light bulb and she's like, oh, I think there's one in this case, right? So we go over there. There's two lockets in there, and one of them is exactly like what I was thinking of. The it's one like from Twin sol- Peaks. <laughs> it's like no, well, oh. yeah, basically, it's like solid silver. Okay, so uh-huh. like it's like solid silver, a perfect oval. 
Okay. No, like etching, no ah, nothing okay. on it. It's okay. like it's like it's it's. I'm a very minimalist kind of person. Uh-huh. Like I, uh, very little uh, embellishments. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not so baroque, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, or rococo and that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. No, that's mm-mm, the word. No. I, maybe no. Yeah, maybe one of those, right? Like all of that shit. Like no, not a fan. The the less is more. Yeah. Anyway, they had it, and I was like, perfect, see? And I was like, I fucking manifested that thing. I'm like, I willed it into existence. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I try to um, never call that power until it seems like it's been very obvious that I couldn't have had any control over it. So... No, I mean control it. I like like Hub- I think it's, it's in our power. And, hubris, like, I don't hubris for like, silly things. You. That's what I like to. Uh, I would like to think it's, it's hubris for silly things. Yeah, like, no, it's not. It's not going to be for like anything that like matters. It's going to be for like I mean you know like well finding lockets matters, but it's not going to yeah, be like you it's not know change everything or. Well. Yeah, like I'm not going to be able to like just make Henry Kissinger die. You know. <laughs> There's people in anyway. Girl um, dreams. Well, that's been uh, Reality Issues, issue, uh, episode four. Issue four? Thank well, you. Episode four. It has been. Yeah. And um, Issue four, yeah. Issue four. I'm just, we're going to keep going with that. That makes more sense. Way more sense, actually. Um, reality Issue four. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Now you know everything that we're doing in the next um, year to year and a half. <laughs> um, and uh, you can be excited about all that, as we are. And now that you know that I've probably spent as much time watching things as there has been time since the last episode, you know that the next episode will be in uh, store for even more lovely detail about things I half remember. And <laughs> Kathy definitely <laughs> fully remembers all the things she watches. So uh, <laughs> I take notes. <laughs> I, I, I take notes and then I forget to bring them up at, at uh, airing for some reason. I, re- we'll I, see I scroll. I scroll. I need to stop scrolling and start typing things. Up. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. my issue. See, I have a dedicated notebook. That's what helps me. Mm, I need to pick up that tree. Um, but to all our viewers at home, this has been issue four, and thank you for joining us. And we will be back again with you soon. Goodbye, Kathy. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>